here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Everybody and welcome to the Brit Rest Roundtable. Yes, your ears do not deceive you. It's uh, I am Rob Reed. I'm making my triumphant return to the Brit Rest Roundtable, partially because Arn's internet is. Uh, I think he said he's going through some internet problems. I'm not entirely sure on the details. Uh, so someone needed to fill in, and also because for a change, I've actually seen the shows uh, in time for the episode. I am joined by uh, Ollie Court. Hey there, welcome back, Rob. Thank you, thank you. Um, I am. Recently back from Orlando, so I, I've uh, I've actually seen more progress shows uh, in the last two years in America than I have in the UK now, which is yeah. weird. But <laughs> you, um, had to, you had to change continents, but you've now been to a progress show. It, it's a strange one. Like I'd been to a progress <laughs> show before, but I think it was like it was early. It was early. It was yeah. The show with uh, Sumerian Death Squad versus Hunter Brothers, which was really good. Um, but like for whatever reason, I just never got back to one. They just Schedule-wise, they've never lined up well enough, or I've always like thought about it and gone, yeah, I could go to that show, and then the tickets are sold out immediately, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess not. Um, but yeah, I had a great time out there. Um, and I'm back on, on the podcast in time for a crazy week of wrestling that's coming up. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, like we, we were discussing earlier on like, putting together this podcast, uh, the podcast run sheet, and we went, yeah, there's kind of seven massive shows taking place in the UK, none of which we can really cut. Um, all taking place in the next five days from when we're recording. We're recording this on Wednesday. So I guess we should probably get right to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to f- start with um, the Fight Club Pro um, trio of shows. Um, I think it's probably fair to say this is their, their biggest um, set of shows ever. Would you agree there? Yeah, they're definitely splashing the cash on this one and bringing in um, a ton of imports, a ton of big names from all around the world. And yeah, running three days in Wolverhampton, Manchester and London, something they'd never really done before. I don't think they'd ever run London before. So this is definitely a special weekend for them um, and sort of really putting themselves in that top tier of Brit Rest promotions now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, the, the last Vimeo show went up a lot quicker than... Some yeah. of them had previously, so if it, it does feel like they are gonna start start to make a, a real charge for for one of the premier um, UK UK indies, like a similar kind of slot to to Red Pro. So um, 
over the three nights, there's the the main attractions, the the Dream Tag Team Invitational, which is the name of the shows, uh, which is basically pitting eight of, I think it's fair to say, eight of the best teams in the world against each other um, to to find yeah, the, a, the Dream. Tag there's team, a good mix of uh, Brit Rest teams and yeah, like um, import teams from a lot of different places. It's it's a very diverse uh, field of teams. Uh, are you going to any of these shows? Because I'm going to the London one. Uh, I'm going to Wolverhampton one. Nice, nice. So we'll, we'll have a nice little coverage. I think Arne might be going to the Manchester one. I'm not 100% sure on that, but but if so, that, that'll that work out very nicely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the moment, we've got cards for uh, night one and night two um, with, with the London night three. Nothing announced yet, but you're going to have the, the semis and the, the final of the tournament there. Um. And I guess kind of a mystery vortex card of the the guys who get eliminated. I guess. Um, so I guess we should just start um, start going through. Um, Let's. First match on the card, and there isn't a definitive match order uh, that I've seen, but I kind of put these together in in the, what would probably be some sort of a building order. Um, and when you've got Shane Strickland versus Sammy Callahan as the first match on your card, you kind of really you really get a feel of how strat stat these uh, cards are going to be. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, this team paired off in uh, Progress in Orlando. Now they're facing each other. Um, two of the more common import names we're going to be talking about um, over these set of shows. Yeah, yeah, and um, they're both very familiar with each other. Work a lot of the same places and. Uh, uh, they have pretty good chemistry from with each other, so it's, it, this is going to be a pattern. But this should be a very good match. Um, <laughs> it it doesn't necessarily have like any any big storyline, any implications, but you could see this being like a an opener or or something that goes on uh, right after intermission. Do Fight Club shows have intermission? They usually have two intermissions, which I'm not a huge fan of. But <laughs> that's, that's odd. Got to got to get the beer money in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can see this as being like a, a hot match, hot sprint coming off intermission and uh, really firing the crowd up. Uh, that's what I hope it is anyway. Mm-hmm. I think Sammy's at his best when he's in sprints. So I'm going to throw like a, about a seven at this. Um, it should be good, but like it, it doesn't necessarily super stand out um, looking at the rest of the cards. Yeah, I'll go seven as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> the rest of the card is maybe a little more interesting, though. We'll get to it. Yeah, so next up we've got a, a four-way between Dan Maloney, Mark Haskins, Chris Brooks, and Amari. Don't think I've ever actually seen Amari, because um, I've never actually seen a full Fight Club pro show. I've dipped in and out, we uh, picked out some matches, but uh, Amari's never been in them. Is he any good? Uh, he's gotten a lot better. I first saw him, I think I saw his very, very first match in Kamikaze Pro uh, a couple of years ago. Um, he's getting better now. He definitely has the size and like, that athleticism that could make him a player down the line and like he's just sort of building the wrestling skills to go around that but Fight Club Pro have certainly been featuring him a little heavier now um limiting him to these sort of opening four-way style matches but yeah he he should get a few spots in here and like he, he probably couldn't be within um mixed in with too many better guys here like he's he's in there with Chris Brooks who's always going to be super over especially in uh, Fight Club Pro yeah um, definitely a big weekend and for Brooks um, oh definitely Definitely, um, Haskins, of course, always, always brilliant. Uh, and and Dan Maloney is the kind of guy who um, I'd never worry about putting someone in the ring with him. He's he's very consistently good. So uh, yeah, another match that I'm looking forward to. 
Maloney, Maloney always gets a huge reaction in Fight Club Pro with with everyone shouting Dan at him and giving him load of shit. Um, definitely one of the funnier parts of any Fight Club Pro show. Yeah, so I'm probably like a around a six here. Uh, could could serve well as like an opener or that sort of thing. Yeah, I'll go um, five just for variety's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're kind of getting more into the meat of the card now, um, which is crazy to say three matches in, but uh, there you go. Um, Penta El Zero Miedo, um, <laughs> or one of his other 50 names that he's going by at the moment, who knows what he'll actually be announced as, uh, versus Ray Fenix. Um, yeah, as, as kind of just a, a showcase match, it doesn't get much better than this. Oh yeah, well, this is like the ultimate touring match. Uh, like, they can go from place to place, wrestling each other, doing absolutely insane stuff, blowing blowing every other match on the card away. Um, like, th- those two wrestling each other was what kind of made Lucha Underground sort of the thing to watch for a while there. So, yeah, can't wait to see these two going at it live. Yeah, having having recently just seen both of them live for the first time, and then the second time, and the third time, and the fourth time, um, Pentagon especially, he really, really works brilliantly as a live act. Um, mm-hmm. More so than... Like, he's great on TV, of course, but... Um, his charisma just really transcends um, when you when you're there live. And Phoenix, it's kind of unfortunate when you when you're watching him because I, I saw him a lot teaming with uh, Pentagon in the last week. Um, he does so much more, and he's probably a better wrestler, but his charisma is just isn't on the same level. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Pentagon's the one getting all the all the crazy chants and stuff, uh, all the fan support, while Ray Phoenix is the one working his ass off, working way harder. Um, having maybe better matches, but uh, or being the better part of matches, but, but just not getting the the same reactions, which is kind of unfortunate in a way for him. But uh, yeah, these two are brothers, and they're they're gonna knock it out of the park here. I'm probably like a let's let's go seven and a half for for this one. I'd probably go nine, just because like I know what they're capable of, and if they go there, like I know they can, this could be really amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably be a lot higher, uh, especially since uh, if one, if I was seeing it live, because I'm not going to be at this one live. Yeah, uh, yeah. And two, if I hadn't have just uh, seen them live several times, uh, I, I imagine they'll still be great, but um, it will have lost a little bit of the novelty, I guess. It's fair. Um, then we've got a, a Fight Club Pro title match, um, which I'm not entirely sure where will be positioned on the card, um, since you know you've got the the two. Um, tournament matches in the show and also the the massive six man later on which we'll get to in a second uh but travis banks defending against will osprey um that could main event pretty much any show in the country and there's there's a very decent chance that this like ends up in four from the top or something like that oh yeah this is basically guaranteed to be great um it'll be good to see what osprey in like a big time singles match again because i haven't really seen him obviously he hasn't been in new japan that much this year um, because they're completely wasting him, and kind of, kind of he's been in and out of progress, and when he has, it hasn't been that interesting because they didn't really build up his character in any way. So it'll be very exciting to see him against Banks. I don't think they've ever faced off one on one before. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. I, I can't recall seeing them anywhere. I mean, this is probably where research before the podcast would have helped. <laughs> um, uh, as I stall, as I start typing it into cage match, but um. Yeah, it it definitely feels very fresh match, which which is quite impressive given how both of them are very UK centric. 
Um, they, they've you'd, you'd have thought they'd have crossed paths because they work a lot of the same places, mm. but um, I don't think they they've had a match. Yeah, it'd be uh, surprising. Like Osprey's only done Fight Club Pro twice, I think, and that was the last weekend that they ran. So he he feels fresh in that environment as well. Right, so um, Cage Match is telling me that they've been in the same match four times, but but never in a one on ones. They've had yeah, uh, Newell versus uh, Newell and Osprey versus um, Intercoastal Violence Factory, which is now one of the many uh, CCK iterations <laughs> in uh, Brooks and Banks. Um, then a five way in uh, What Culture, which I vaguely remember having watched at some point. Uh, it's probably quite good. Um, then then they 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 were all opposite each other. Um, beginning of the year, uh, in that Rare Pro Six man in the cockpit. I, I'm, oh, of course. Yeah. Now that I've mentioned that, like I'm, I'm remembering them. Their interaction has been really good there, so that's just hyped me up uh, all the more. Um, and then obviously um, last month in Fight Club, they were in a six man against each other, weren't they? Yes. Building towards these set of shows. I don't can't imagine we're going to see a title change in this match, um, especially as. Osprey's not going to be on the uh, the night two uh, to defend the belt, but uh, just as like a, a showcase match, it, this is going to be very very good. I'm like a eight and a half here. Oh yeah, like Banks has only just won the title, so yeah. So uh, moving on to uh, the first of of the two um, first round uh, tag tournament matches, um, we've got FSU, Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis versus the Sky Blondes, uh, Jack Evans and uh, and Helico. Um, this may be my least anticipated of the uh, four first round matches, and yet it's still going to be really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably say that as well. Maybe Bruiser Cats versus Lucha Brothers might not be amazing for me. Like, I, I can't really see where the chemistry is going to come from there, but then again, it might be amazing as well. Um, but it's, it's certainly an interesting combination, like Andrews and Angelico and Evans sort of flying all over the place. Um, and Dennis chucking them around should be interesting to see what they can come up with there. Yeah, um, and Helico and Evans—they're always really good at having a fun match, uh, yeah. even if it's not like a, an amazing blowaway match. And like you've got enough matches on this card, like the the Pentagon Phoenix Max, um, the the six man main event, uh, the leaders Hunter Brothers, Banks Osprey, of course, uh, that are gonna go. You'd imagine for that blowaway match that. You'd be fine with with this being like a just a fun, not quite cool down, but uh, catch your breath match, maybe. Yeah, I can see it as well. I'm throwing like a six here. I don't I don't think I'm gonna go oh, bl- oh. much below a six uh, through this six whole too. weekend. <laughs> uh, and then the the other the other match, um, I'm not sure if we've got brackets yet. I think it's just first round matches, so so we're not sure if the, these two are then gonna face off in the semi final against each other. Um, but uh, leaders of the new school, Zack Sabre Jr. and Marty Skrull, going up against the Hunter Brothers, who are recently-ish returning from injury, I think? Yeah, one of the Hunters was out, um, but yeah, they're back since last month. And uh, Hunter Brothers, one of the most underrated tag teams in the world, I'd say, Definitely. mostly because of their look, and they, they just look <laughs> like generic indie like lower lower level indie guys, but then they get there in the ring and they're they're consistently very very good. So um, I, I'm it, it's strange. I shouldn't still be surprised whenever they have really good matches now, but I am kind of surprised every time because I just look at them and like 
yeah, they'll be fine. But no, they're really good. They're really, really good. Yeah, I share the same sentiment. Like, they're very low-key, very good. Um, no one really makes a huge fuss about them, but when you're watching a Hunter Brothers match, you're pretty much always seeing something really good. Yeah, like, maybe the most cohesive team uh, in the UK, um, which would make sense since they're brothers, but uh, yeah, the, their tag their tag work's just tremendous. Like, um, you, you mentioned one of them got injured and we haven't seen either of them pretty much anywhere. Um, no one really wants one hunter brother, but but as a, <laughs> as a team, they're uh, they're great. They're great. Um, I am out of those two first round matches. Who are you seeing advancing there? Um, that'll definitely be interesting because it's sort of Britress versus imports. Uh, obviously, leaders both British, but Skirl and Saber Junior. We don't really see a lot of them. Um, and obviously the Hunter Brothers are a bit like Fight Club Pro natives, they're on pretty much every show when they're both healthy so it really depends what they want the tournament to sort of be and who they want to put over, I would say probably the leaders to advance and then um, let's go with um, Alan Halico and Jack Evans as well so both kind of import teams interesting interesting um Pick-wise, I'm going FSU, because I think Angelico and Evans, they're, they're, they're a good team to bring in, but like they don't necessarily need to be kept super strong. They're, they lose yeah, fairly yeah. frequently. Uh, I can see them wanting to, to move FSU on. Uh, that's where my money's at. And then the, the second match, as you said, is really a, a toss-up. Do they want to go with the, the, kind of the, the Fight Club pro guys, which are the Hunter Brothers, or do you want to go with leaders? Um, I think... I think I'm leaning towards Hunter Brothers. Um, wait, actually, uh, quickly browse down, browse down. Yeah, Marty Skrull isn't gonna be there on the fifteenth because he's gonna be over in Ireland. But then he could be back for night three. So who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I'm, good, money's on the Hunter Brothers. It is. It is. Um, which is good. Which is good. Uh, and then we get to the the massive, massive main event. Um, British Strong Style versus the Elite. Um, unfortunately, not going to make vi- uh, Vimeo, so I'm never going to get a chance to see it uh, unless yeah. some some fan cam um, <laughs> pops up. Uh, looking at you, Ollie. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I, I I would never be that naughty. No, no. Um, Support independent pro wrestling, everyone. I'm thumbs upping. <laughs> Yeah. British Strong Style versus the Elite. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah, like, this just is... the, the talent in that match. This is a dream match. Um, and pretty, like, they're doing a lot of these British Strong Style faces, some cool free person team. Because obviously, Progress have just announced Rain Camp versus British Strong Style, which is a crazy match. And again, something that can only happen once um, with Axel Dieter Jr. getting signed. Um. So yeah, this will be an incredible experience for the live crowd, and I feel very lucky that I'm going to get to see it. Um, obviously not going up on VOD because of um the WWE restrictions against wrestling non WWE guys. Uh, it's a minefield that we'll never fully understand, but it it should be an amazing atmosphere for this one and a really special match. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Um. 
which which um of the British Strong Style uh, and in general the WWE UK guys matches for this weekend are going to be allowed to go up and which aren't because um, you're not you're not allowed to to see them versus the Elite, but you are allowed um, to see Pete Dunne go against um, uh, the Lucha Brothers. Um, so they don't care about Lucha Underground, but they do care about New Japan, which makes sense, I guess. Makes sense, but one, it's 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 a kind of a you can never predict fully what you're going to be able to to see with um, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate and the, the, mm. the, that lot um, before it's officially announced. Because uh, there, there's some things that look like rules, and then something else just seems to completely contradict it, um, like. Yeah. Being able to see Pete Dunne lose to Yoshihashi was a bit of a head scratcher <laughs> at first. Well, we've we've seen Mark Haskins be able to appear in a tag match and attack, but then his singles match got edited off. So the rules are just seem to be make them up as you go along. But this one is a fairly obvious one. Yeah, um, New Japan probably don't want their guys losing to uh, WWE UK guys in that airing, um, and the same thing from. Uh, WWE's point of view, so, so the answer is it's just not airing. Uh, it's as if it never happened. No result will ever get out. There's no way that could happen. It's a, it's a secret wrestling match. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, I won't give out a, a number for that match, uh, formally, out of protest for not being able to see it, but it would probably be really up there. I'm not always... See, these elite matches, they, a lot of people kind of complain that they're, they're a waste of Omega and the Bucks, and that they'd better be better split up, and that may be true, but I get the feel that when you see the, the elite in New Japan, yeah, you're kind of seeing Omega on um, on recoup mode. Um, he's not going all out. Whereas just the feel for this tour, it, I do get the impression that they're they're really going to go all out as as a trios unit here. Yeah, I, I think they definitely are here to impress. Uh, they've got four matches. Um some very unique opponents that they'll never be able to face again so i i don't think they're gonna mail it in at all they may it may be light-hearted but it's they're gonna go they're gonna go hard definitely definitely um moving on to night two then because we can't spend too long because nope. there are still like <laughs> six shows we need left to preview and then two we need to, we wanted to cover for the <laughs> review so um, in terms of non-tournament action, you've got uh, Shane Strickland versus Jack Evans, which should be a, a super fun high-flying match. You've got uh, Zat Sabre Jr. versus Angelico, uh, which could be really interesting. I'm not entirely sure how that match is going to work out um, from like the, the technical high-flying point of view. Um, be interested to see if the Manchester venue has anything huge to jump off of uh, for <laughs> Angelico. Uh, and then you've got um, Dan Maloney, Mark Andrews. And then the the title match of Travis Banks versus Mark Haskins. Anything really stand out for you there? Uh, well, Maloney versus Andrews is a WWE UK rematch, so I'm get like like I said, they edited the singles match for Andrews off of Attack, so I'm guessing he can only work singles against WWE guys. <laughs> I'm trying to interpret what is allowed and not, but who knows? And yeah, Banks versus Haskins. I think that's also the first time that's happened in singles. So that's going to be very exciting as well. Yeah, again, it feels like a match that should have happened elsewhere <laughs> and somehow yeah. hasn't. Um, there's a fill of a lot of these matches uh, this weekend, but uh, yeah, like they again, they work in a lot of the same places. Both of them are usually fairly high at the card. I'm not sure how they haven't bumped into each other yet, but uh, 
yeah, should be brilliant. Um, I'm maybe even looking forward to that one more than the Osprey match, just because of how similar their styles are, um, how well I think they're going to mesh. That's, you know, that's that's probably a nine for me. I can't see that being anything other than great. Yeah, it should be a tremendous weekend for Banks with these two matches and whatever they've got planned for him on night three. Um, he should be a standout. Yeah, I feel like that that might make an event this night. Um, previous night when you've got the, that six man, that's pretty clearly been the main event. But uh, there's no like clear um, other standout match. So I think we're he, Haskins Banks is probably going to be your main event for Manchester, and uh, you couldn't ask for much more than that. Um, then in terms of uh, tournament action, uh, you got the other two first round matches, but two quarter final matches. You got the Bruiser Cats, Sammy Callahan and Pete Dunne. Uh, versus the Lucha Bros uh, in Pentagon Junior slash Pentagon Dark slash Pentagon Zero Miedo, <laughs> Pentagon L Zero Miedo, Pentagon O Zero M, etc, 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 and Ray Fenix. Um, this could be really good. Um, the name Bruiser Cats has me worried because it makes me worry. <laughs> oh, is Sammy yeah, just going to do Callahan. his cat gimmick and you know come out in a cat mask and all his offense be cat related? But I hope not, because um, I don't know if you've had a chance to see the um, the Wrestling Revolver show from Mania Weekend. Have you? I have not, no. Right, it, one of the best shows of Mania Weekend. I think it, having gone back and seen the stuff that I wasn't at live, yeah, I think that's actually my favourite show of Mania Weekend. Fair play. Um, which I did not expect going in. <laughs> um uh, but uh, it was Brian. They had Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan go against Lucha Brothers. Uh, one of the best matches uh, of the weekend. Absolutely amazing chemistry, um, which I was kind of surprised at. I didn't necessarily th- feel they'd they'd mesh well. Although, um, I guess all four guys are Lucha Underground guys. They they wouldn't be unfamiliar with each other. But mm. uh, Callahan and um, Pentagon just really really click way better than I was expecting. So I'm hoping that happens again here. Could be really good, and then it could be just comedy silliness um, and a brawl. And it, I'm kind of focused on Callahan here because he he can be very hit and miss. If he hits, this match could be really really good because it's guys you never would really expect to see going up against each other. Like Dunn versus Penta is an interesting one. He they had their Rev Pro match, um, but this is in a slightly different environment um, and could be even better <coughs> than that one. That that was already pretty good. It's, there's a lot of combustible elements, so it could be good, it could be bad, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got um, Mustache Mountain versus uh, CCK, the uh, Lycos yes. edition. This is that. probably the tag the tag team first round match that I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, um, um, because I'd 100% agree there. Lycos CCK is really, really good. Um, and we haven't really seen much of them yet. Like they have only they've made a big impact, but they've only been teaming for a few months. Um, they had a really strong match against uh, Kayla Gray and Nixon Newell, uh, which was a lot of fun at the, the um, all the best Fight Club Pro show, their, their first show of the year. Um, have you seen that one, Rob? Or... Uh, I haven't seen that match yet. No, not yet. I, I, I that I thought that was tremendous, um, and the best match on that show. So <laughs> it's probably. I haven't seen the, the other two shows of Fight Club Pro show so far, but it's my favourite Fight Club Pro match of the year so far that I have seen. So, yeah, very hyped for CCK Lycos edition. And, of course, Mustache Mountain are fantastic. Like, they're, 
they're going to be, they're always so over in Fight Club Pro. Well, they're, they're over everywhere, pretty much, but yeah. as faces in Fight Club Pro, going against um, that CCK, like, you're just going to, it's just going to work so well on a he- face-heel dynamic, and their, their chemistry is just going to be so good, because they're all so familiar with each other, and, like, Definitely. This is, there's no way this can't be great. This this, <laughs> this is probably my the match. Oh, I was about to say it's the match I was most looking forward to on the show. I'm not sure I can quite put it above Banks and Haskins, but it's right up there. Um, this this could this is definitely a potential show stealer. Yeah, don't sleep on this one at all. Um, so in terms of progressing, who who are you feeling? Um, I'm actually thinking CCK go over Mustache Mountain just because you know Mustache Mountain don't need to be established anymore in Fight Club Pro. They are Fight Club Pro, so um, and then possibly the Bruiser Cats because you know Callahan was champion last year and he dropped it to Dunn. Um, they're both pretty major parts of the promotion. Um, <laughs> don't know how much so going forward, but at least for now they are. Um, yeah, so I could say Bruiser Cats and CCK. I think if Mustache Mountain win this match, they're winning the tournament. Um, and it might be kind of a, yeah, we can't lose. We're not allowed to lose uh, <laughs> type deal. Um, be interesting to see that. But uh, I, I do think CCK have a, have a good chance of winning. I, that's really a pick em, like 50-50-ish. Um, yeah, it just again, it just depends what they want to accomplish with the tournament, whether it is just a Let's all let's all celebrate what we've done here, or let's get new guys over. Like, don't really know. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, Bruiser Cats Lucha Bros is hard to predict as well. Um, I think I'm leaning towards uh, Lucha Bros. I think Dunn might be teaming with Callahan because Callahan can take be the guy to take the pin. Um, yeah, and I could I could see Lucha Bros reaching the final. Um, yeah, but again, hard hard to pick. But if if I'm going for my my four semi finalists, I'm going Lucha Bros, CCK, FSU, and uh, the Hunters as my four. Yeah, I don't think there's an obvious winner of any of those four matches. So going in, the tournament is gonna be very exciting because you don't really know where they're going with it. But whoever they do decide to advance, it's gonna create some awesome matchups. So. There's there's really nothing they no wrong they can do with this tournament. It's gonna be good, whatever they do. <laughs> yeah, in terms of like, if you were picking out the the worst winners in terms of match quality for the semi-finals, it's like, who who you picking? It's like maybe probably Bruiser Cats. Who's worse out of Mustache Mountain CTK? Probably CCK narrowly. Um, then Hunter Brothers probably slightly a tier below leaders just from crowd reaction type type deal, uh, and then uh, let's go Sky Blondes like it. But that would still, still be a hell of a semi-finals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone yeah. else is still coming back for night three pretty much, so everyone is still on the same show. Yeah, um, they they as you said they kind of can't go wrong. Which is a lovely position to be in, um, <laughs> but that's just because of the amount of talent that's on this show. Um, who do you see winning the the tournament? Uh, like you said, I think the winners of Mustache Mountain versus CCK um, are probably my favourites to go on and win the whole thing. Um, 
again, just depending on what kind of visual they want to end on. But yeah, I'd say whether whether it be face heels or face winners or heel winners, like one of those teams would probably win. I would say. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the I'm on the same page there. Although I wouldn't be totally um blown away to see like maybe the hunters win if as kind of like a, a welcome back let's really establish you really hard but uh I, yeah i think i think mustache mountain and cck they're they're the one and two seed definitely uh so that makes their first round matchup all the more interesting uh so yeah that's kind of us covered the the dream tag team invitational mm-hmm. uh it's happening from the the 14th to the 16th this weekend um if if any of you are there, uh, be sure to say hi. I'll as I said, I'll be at the London one. Ollie's going to be at the Wolves one, and uh, I probably ask on on Twitter, but I think he might be at the Manchester one and also the Wolves one. Not yeah, sure. I, I I believe he's coming to Wolverhampton. Um, because I remember him pointing out the diamond banqueting suite on the way to uh uh the the fictional warehouse, which is where Fight Club Pro usually runs. Now they're running over the road in the Diamond Banqueting Suite, which looks like it hasn't been open since the 1980s. <laughs> and he pointed that out, so... <laughs> um, I'm excited to see what the interior looks like, because <laughs> it might not be a traditional Fight Club Pro atmosphere, but I think they can pack a lot of people in there, so it'll be interesting to see once we finally get in. Yeah, and I think, like, in terms of ticket sales, I think these shows have all done really well. Like, I think Wolves and London have both sold out. I'm not 100% sure Wolves on that. Wolves and London but, uh, sold out pretty quickly. Manchester's got Manchester's like a few close. more tickets left. Yeah, yeah Manchester's close. So um, it, it seems like it's been a success. Uh, I was actually um, I was having a conversation with Trent um, uh, while he was actually completely hammered, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> after the, uh, I think it was, <sighs> what show was it after? It might have been after the Beyond show. Um, so this was at like, 3, 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, in, in Orlando, uh, outside the the WN center, and people are just kind of throwing ideas out to him to book. He's like, "Oh no, I can't, I can't. I don't give me ideas because I just hear these great matches and I book them, and then I I work out the financials later." And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um, it's uh, it doesn't sound the smartest business way to go about things, but as a fan who gets to see this, like I love him for doing it. I love yeah. Him. Th- this tournament definitely feels like let's throw everything at the wall um, because obviously with the WWE stuff looming um, they may not get an opportunity to do something like this again so <laughs> why not do it now and it's definitely going to be a really fun weekend. The uh, the match that popped Trent Seven hardest um, that, that someone threw out was um, British Strong Style versus the Broken Hardys and Broken Mark Andrews uh, <laughs> which was <laughs> such a strange one but he really loved it and, like he, he he was kind of like oh I really want to book that now um I'm gonna talk to the Hardys so uh that was you know at three a.m. in a fairly inebriated state but uh if if that popped up you you heard it here first uh, and if it didn't that's just because he was really drunk and he wasn't actually thinking of doing it um so yeah we we need to move on now and uh, speaking of Orlando what a what an accidental segue uh I I threw in here. Uh, going going to move on to the the Rev Pro show that that took place here in Orlando for WrestleMania weekend with WrestleCon. Um, I was at this show. Uh, really enjoyed it. I thought there was maybe like lacking that one super super great match that would have put it over the top. But like, as a consistent card, it was it was definitely up there with pretty much anything um, I saw over the weekend. 
You seen it back on VOD, right, Ollie? I have, yes. Uh, like you said, not really anything like completely blow away. Um, some people were saying Ricochet versus Girl, especially from a live standpoint, was one of the best matches on the weekend. I thought Zack versus Penta was really, really strong. Um, put it at four stars, and just like a real spectacle to see the two of them have a um a middle finger battle basically throughout the match. Just a ton of animosity that really like came through on VOD as well. So really enjoyed that one. Oh, the, that that main event between uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Pentagon was such a fun environment to be in live. Like, yeah, there were a load of Americans there who really didn't like Zack and were very vocal <laughs> about their hatred for Zack and were just like screaming at him that he was awful and stuff. But then there was like a little bubble of British fans that I was like right in the middle of. We were on the um, uh, on the bleachers, which were like me- metal. Just stomp in. I'm not sure how well it came uh, across on VOD, but there was really like ju- loads of dueling champs throughout the the night from like a a small British contingent that was super behind Zach, uh, which I found myself in, which is, which is actually quite rare because I'm not the biggest Zach Sabre Junior fan in the world, but I just kind of got caught up in all of it. <laughs> uh, and then like um, almost the whole rest of the the arena going going nuts for Pentagon, who who you know was. As, uh, as I mentioned earlier, seeing him live is, is something else. Um, I was really, really enjoying that match. I wasn't in love with like the, the, the finishing stretch. Like Lots of Canadian, so many Canadian Ooh, stories yeah. that weekend. On this, on this show and throughout the whole weekend, there yeah. must have been... Well, throughout the whole weekend, there must have been like 250 Canadian destroyers and like a similar amount of um, reverse runners. Just I... That move is so so dead to me right now because it's just so overdone i i i think there were 32 that i saw live i went back <laughs> and tried to like remember how many were in each match i think i saw 32 canadian destroyers That's which more is canadian destroyers than headlocks <laughs> um maybe yes yes probably um and then reverse branas far far more than that um couldn't even count <laughs> Uh, but yeah, kind of kind of looping back, um, the show kicked off with Jay White beating Sammy Callahan in a very good match. Um, kind of struggled a bit with for live reaction. Jay White has this this problem quite a lot. He's he's not really super over um, in front of any Rev Pro crowd yet. He he puts in consistently good performances and has good matches, but he's yet to really have that great match that will really like, um, I guess, invigorate the fan base behind him. But but this was like a good match. I think I was like three and a half, three and a quarter stars here. Yeah, I I did enjoy um several spots in this. The the Benny Hill uh, running around the ring um and White like countering it by running behind Callahan was fun. And also White getting out of um the the submission by like sinking his leg more and more into it. Um, also I I someone else reminded me. Uh, it was like in a review somewhere. I didn't pick it up on first watch, but um. Someone said that that was uh, David Finley's move, and obviously White has faced him several times as a young lion, so him sort of like knowing the move really well and knowing how to get out of it was like key to the match. Um, so <laughs> I like it when they add a little bit of hidden depth to that. Yeah, that's nice. I didn't I didn't pick up on that um, until you mentioned it, but yeah, that that is a cool little little nugget uh, to throw in there. Uh, then we had uh, Martin Stone defeating Jeff Cobb uh, in another. Match that I thought over delivered. I didn't think these two would click too well. Um, uh, Jeff Cobb's usually 
he's at his best when he's either in there against someone really, really big, who it's super impressive that he's throwing around, or he's in there against someone small who we can throw around to like a stupid degree, and that's really impressive. Uh, Stone isn't really either of those. Uh, he's more of a brawler, so I, I wasn't like super hyped going in, um, but, but I thought this over-delivered. Uh, I thought it was yeah, a, another good match. I really enjoyed this one. Um, probably like my third favorite match on the show, um, and it was because they 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 kept it very simple, but they kept it very logical. Um, like obviously Cobb with the size and strength advantage and the wrestling advantage, and they they showed that early on that he had that. Whereas um, Stone had to sort of use a bit more guile and like his quickness, and they the commentary made mention that obviously he's like slimmed down from a couple of years ago, and he used that to his advantage in the end. Um, picking Cobb off um, into the London Calling or the Lon- London Falling, I forget the name or London Bridge <laughs> <laughs> of the there DDT. Um, yeah, the London Bridge DDT. Um, and yeah, it was just a very logical match, and I do enjoy logic in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Stone, like he would, he would work a lot better in Rev Pro if he was more over. Um, like a, a lot of the stuff he does is like this big baby face. Like, um, and it would work amazingly if, like, the crowd was going nuts for him. Yeah. Uh, and he's not quite at that level anymore, um, and that kind of, that break away from the UK really, really seemed Definitely. to hurt him. He was, he, he he was really over at, at one point um, in RevPro, like, even, like, in, at post-NXT. Uh, if you remember when he had that um, title match with Skrull in, in York. Oh, Hall, yeah, yeah. Really he was, he was really over at that point, and then, like, he kind of disappeared for, from the UK scene for a while, went went and got married, moved over to Florida, and now that he's kind of made his return, uh, he's, it's not quite working, but he is consistently putting on good matches, so hopefully it will slowly build back up for him. Um, then we had Gideon Gray defeating Swoggle. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the video. The, the video was was interesting. I guess. Uh, yeah. What do you think the, of where they're going with Gideon? Like uh, the way I consume wrestling nowadays, where I just cherry pick matches, I don't care because I'm not going to see it. Yeah. Uh, is, is the answer. <laughs> I'm only going to see it. At on least my this shows. was short. Yeah. Um. For, to be fair, the match was kind of as good as it had any right to be. Um. Like it wasn't good, but it, it's like a horn swoggle match. They kept it short. Uh. Swoggle got his his stuff in. Uh, and then Gideon like basically squashed him after being mm. made to look like a fool for like a minute or so. I it was it was the fine. Main, the main problem here was it was just so out of place on the card, like after two very serious wrestling matches, um, and with a lot of like serious one on one stuff coming later. This was just it was it was just kind of out of nowhere, and people didn't really know what to make of it. Yeah, especially as like it's it's a US crowd. Um, Yes, there were people there who followed Rev Pro. You could tell, but like the majority didn't. The majority were just there to see a really good wrestling show. So when he's going on talking about um, how uh, Swoggle and Cabana have ruined his life, and everyone, half the at least half the crowd's going, "What's he talking about? No idea what the storyline <laughs> is here." Whatever. Um, there, there was a person behind me uh, from from the UK, um, and he, he taps me on the shoulder and goes, "Do you have any idea why they've?" paid for a flight for for this guy uh talking <laughs> about gray which was you know um fair i guess um uh, and i guess the answer is he's he's kind of office there at rev pro but uh 
yeah, like if, if this, given that this was his his only match of the weekend, it was a very fair fair question to ask. Um, but yeah, we I think we've talked enough about that one. Uh, then Marty Skill versus Ricochet. Um, yeah, this was probably just about my my favourite match in the show. It it would be pretty tight between the uh, the Saber Junior match and the the Pentagon match, but I think this one just about uh, sneaks it. Um, it wasn't. I went three and three and three quarters, so it wasn't anything that like completely blew, blew me away or wowed me beyond anything else this weekend. But this was just two really good wrestlers who were really over um, having a very good match um, that kind of everyone expected going in, and then they delivered. <laughs> um, all their key spots were like super over. It was, it did at times have a have a feel of. Yeah, Marty's doing his his um, signature spots for for a US crowd type deal, but it, it worked and it was it was a fun match, really really good match. Yeah, a real charisma explosion as well. Like Skull coming out and he's got his new new entrance gear with with the bird mask. Um, like Big Doctor, he he looks like a superstar now. Like the time in Ring of Honor has definitely helped him with that a little bit. Like he's always been. A showman, he's always looked really good. Always had that um, that incredible look. But like, uh, it's he's enhanced it even more. He's one of the best at it now, and there's a real buzz um, surrounding him now, and in America, which is kind of where you need the buzz. <laughs> um, and yeah, Ricochet is just awesome. So th- these two just had a really fun match, as you would expect, kind of PWG in style. Nothing like match of the year worthy, but yeah, just so much fun. And I assume being in the live crowd like this. It's probably really, really special to watch live. Yeah, um, Skull got the biggest entrance pops of like regular wrestlers, so like discounting like the Sandman and stuff um, <laughs> of the whole weekend. The like, man. like usually when you see him come out in the UK, he gets very good reactions, but like similar level reactions to Osprey, um, that sort yeah. of thing. When Skull came out, um, every time um, he came out. Um, be it on the WrestleCon Super Show, uh, this Rev Pro Show, um, uh, I'm forgetting other other times I saw him, but yeah, every time he came out, he got a huge reaction, a huge reaction, way bigger than Osprey. Osprey got a good reaction, um, but yeah, it it kind of really came across that he he was the most over man on this show, um, and like he 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 knew it uh, and he played up to that, which you know is is a talent in in itself. Um, <laughs> Bodum vs. Star was next. Uh, this was originally going to be for the interim uh, Cruiserweight Championship, but then Bodum said it wasn't for the interim Cruiserweight Seemed Championship. Seemed like he'd forgotten his belt. <laughs> yeah, Didn't even yeah have that, that was the, that was the um, what I suspect was the actual real reason for, for that. Um, he, he kind of tried to cover it up by saying, uh, Osprey's not defending his actual championship, so why should I defend mine? Um, I won't defend it, but uh, it, you could kind of see Andy motioning to him, asking where the belt was, which was uh, <laughs> which was fun. Uh, I'm not sure if that got picked up on VOD. Um, yeah, this was another another really good match, and Bowden won anyway, so it didn't matter if it was for the title or not. Yeah. Um, Star is Star is a guy who's has a has been having good matches with pretty much anyone this year. He's on a real tear, and uh, Bowden was a good fit then. This was really hard hitting, uh, and yet another really enjoyable match. You can pretty much say that against uh, for pretty much every match on this show. It was it was consistently very good, if lacking that one thing that was great. Yeah, it took a while to heat up, 
because I assume Neva Guy is really well known. Obviously, Star isn't like a top level indie name in America. He's probably more over in Europe than he is in America, to be honest. And yeah. Bodum isn't like a really well known British guy. So they had a, they had to work hard to get the crowd on their side. Um, but after they both did some ridiculous dives um, to the outside, sort of midway through, the crowd really heated up for them. And the finishing stretch was really good too, so they got there in the end, got to a really good match after maybe a couple of stale first few minutes. Yeah, they they managed to win the crowd over, which, you know, is a testament to the both of them. Uh, it was a good match. Um, now we move on to the, the two matches that were both teased that they were going to be like that great match that would put this show over the top and then kind of faltered each in their own way. Um... Osprey uh, defeated uh, Ray Fenix um, first. Uh, this was a really good match for the most part, but had one or two little sequences that didn't quite click and just yeah, stopped it from, from being great. With reverse Ranas, especially. That was a really awkward thing to watch them just yeah. kind of fall over on the Rana and then go straight back to it with like no build or hype to it. Yeah. Yeah, they they really could have adapted after the the botch better because because like botches happen, but it's it's how you adapt. Um, and going back to the exact same spot in in a really contrived manner isn't the way to to go about it. <laughs> so that that was unfortunate. But like on the whole, I still really enjoyed this match. But that that def- that sequence definitely took it down a notch. Um, I think they have I, a better match. Neither of them were neither of them were too like familiar with each other. Obviously. They've never faced each other, and for this kind of match, you sort of need that familiarity to really make it strong. Uh, so yeah, I think maybe if they wrestle each other a couple more times, they can get the desired result. Yeah, uh, and then we got Smile and Strickland ahead of their um, their tag title shot, which happened at the cockpit. Uh, what? Yes, a couple of days ago now. Yeah. Um, which you know, spoiler, they lost. Um, which, you know, was... But it was nice to see them get a win here ahead of that. Um, uh, defeating uh, the Unbreakable Effing Machines in Michael Elgin and um, Brian Cage. Uh, the first two-thirds of this match were excellent. The last third really, <laughs> really weren't, like... Yeah. Um, there was there was one sequence in this match that, like, kind of killed the room. And you could tell it was a, a room full of you know, really hardcore fans who care about, like, match quality and stuff. Uh, it was when Elgin hit the the top rope powerbomb, and then Cage picked him up and hit the Weapon X, uh, yeah. and Smile just kicked out, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even, like, 2.99, which even so, I would have kind of groaned out. I was like, oh, come on, dude, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's hold a little back here, let's, let, let, let's have a pinfall breakup there instead of a, a kick out. That's, that's a ridiculous thing to kick out of. Um, but it yeah. was it was one two kick out. It wasn't even two point nine nine, and it was kind of like the whole room groaned. And um, <laughs> I was actually kind of sitting near uh, Osprey at that point, who'd come and like sit, sit sat on the bleachers with B um, to to watch this match. Um, and when he heard the groan, he could kind of just put his head in his hands a little, <laughs> which was which is interesting to see. Um, kind, of, kind of from that point of view, because up until that point, like. They had the crowd in the palm of their hands. They were doing really, really well in this match. But then after that, like they, they, they'd lost the crowd a little. Things started not quite um, going so smoothly. One or two moves like didn't quite catch as well as they'd have hoped. Um, 
and then the finish came, and it was, I think it was probably the worst Frog Splash Ryan Smiler's hit in his <laughs> life, and you could see on his face that he was really disappointed with it. Um, somehow he like managed to, he managed to connect with the Frog Splash while his like arms were in the wrong position, and he was like at the wrong part of the arc of his jump and it, it just didn't look very good and like the crowd there wasn't overly familiar with him so they probably didn't realize that the frog splash was his finish anyway but combining that with how like bad a frog splash it was it got no reaction it kind of got a it got a oh that wasn't a very good frog splash oh that's the finish uh type reaction from like everyone in the building yeah um I- you pretty much summed up my disappointment with this match. Um, yeah, there was some crazy stuff early on, but that kick out was ridiculous because Cage and Elgin killed Strickland and Smile with just a whole bunch of moves for like two minutes straight, big combo moves, and then he kicks out of like like a big finisher type sequence. And yeah, got booze, got bullshit chance. Not the desired reaction at all. Um, and then from there, Strickland and Smile basically just won. Like, did a couple of sequences and then won. It was not the desired ending at all. The match just wasn't wrestled in a way that the smaller guys could believably beat the big guys. And then that, that sequence of the big guys just crushing Strickland and Smile and then still kicking out did not land at all, did it? Yeah, it it killed the the actual finish because having, like... Such a such craziness lead to like a what what was positioned as kind of a minor near fall, um in in the way it was kicked out of, um then like you it made you it conditioned you to think right so if if that's a minor near fall then the finish itself is going to have to be way way yeah, bigger definitely. and it ended up being way way smaller um yeah, which was I was really rooting for this match because no one cut at this point it was before the the WrestleCon uh, Super Show which. Smile kind of got over a little bit at, um, yeah, in the ten man tag. But uh, at this point, like, you got the impression people were very unfamiliar with him, and like two thirds of the way through this match, I was like, wow, this could be a star making performance for him. And then it kind of all went apart, which was a real shame to see because, as I said, this was well on its way to being like a, a really great, easily four star plus match. It was it was a hard one to rate as it was because as I said the, the first two thirds of it were so good but yeah um, mm. if if it had ended um, with the Unbreakable Weapon Machines winning on that crazy like um, uh, finisher spam sequence um, it would have been a way better match um, definitely uh, and then we've kind of talked about Alas. the uh, the Saber Junior uh, Pentagon match which we we both thought was really good. But again, uh, the the finish being the atmosphere, I thought was better than the match. I'm not sure how how well that atmosphere came across on VOD. I I thought it came across really well, like both the connection between the wrestlers and I thought it was the match the fans were most into on the show, apart from yeah, maybe definitely. Ricochet Skull. So yeah, really strong way to end the show. Yeah, I, like you said, the finish was the finish was a little bit rushed after Pentagon landed the the package power driver on the apron and then kind of like two minutes later Zach was winning maybe needed a longer finishing sequence but yeah I couldn't complain about this match really really fun stuff yeah um overall as a show um it it was really fun everything was super consistent um I wouldn't say there was a bad match on the show the the worst match was definitely the the Gideon Graver swoggle match but that wasn't meant to be a great match or anything 
um, and every other like proper match. They're, they're they're all good, even if some were a little disappointing. Um, and it was also quite a tight show um, in terms of like timings. Nothing went super long. Uh, I think the, the longest match was probably the um, the the tag semi main, and even that was maybe twenty minutes max. Um, so for like I can't imagine the show went much over two and a half hours on uh, on VOD that sort of length. So well well worth a watch definitely. Um, and moving on from that, um, RevPro, uh, tomorrow, uh, at the time of recording this, hopefully we'll get this up, I'll get this up either later tonight or very early tomorrow, uh, so you have a chance to listen to this if you're, if you're going, but, uh, RevPro are hosting, uh, Epic Encounter, um, which will be their, their second York Hall show, um, out of a planned four this year, um, it, it's an eight-match card, and it looks... As pretty much all York Hall shows do, pretty damn impressive. Um, I'll run through through the card real quick, and we can kind of share some overall thoughts. Um, James Castle is facing Shah Samuels in a no DQ match. That that match has been built up quite a lot on um, uh, on the cockpit shows, and um, overall, um, this will be a theme for for a lot of the card. But uh, the the cockpit shows in general have been used really well this year. Um, not only in that they feel important in themselves, um, which is helped by them being released a lot quicker. But they feel important in themselves, so people are watching them, and then they're realizing, oh, there are build to a lot of these uh, <laughs> these matches on York Hall yeah, that definitely. people weren't they're seeing. Doing, before. They're doing a better job building guys up and like things actually meaning something. Whereas always the criticism with Rev Pro in the last couple of years was, oh, they just do dream matches and don't link them up. Well, now they're linking them up a bit, um, like, in all levels of the card. This is obviously an undercard feud, um, but, like, it's probably the best use of both Samuels and Castle. No DQ makes it a lot more interesting than it would otherwise be, and people are somewhat invested in the characters if, if you've been watching the cockpit shows. So, yeah, um, they're doing more this year than they ever have done, so I can appreciate that. I'm more interested in this no DQ match um, than I am for any of their tag title defenses. So, oh yeah, I mean definitely. that's a low bar, but uh, it's <laughs> if Samuels and Castle are going to be used, um, make me care about them from the storyline stuff, and they, they've they've kind of been doing that. So fair play to them. Uh, then we've got uh, Jay White versus Angelico. Uh, that is kind of uh, just a one-off match. It's it's very interesting to see Angelico booked on this show, but Jack Evans not because they're they're kind of attached at the hip at, the, at this point. Uh, this should be another good match. Um, one of the one of the matches I'm least excited for on the show, but that's that's more yeah. an indication I think of how they're good building the card up is. Jay White. I think they're building up Jay White for a, a title challenge at some point soon, because uh, they've been keeping him pretty strong, giving him wins on these undercard type matches. Uh, I think they will probably put him against Sabre at some point soon. Um, either that or a Cruiserweight title match. I'm not entirely sure what he's weighing in at. But yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't look like he, he'd be crazy to, to throw in there in a Cruiserweight title match. If you can throw um, David Starr in there, he seems about the same size as that guy. So, Although David Starr's managed to be in both Cruiserweight matches and Atlas matches recently, um, which is <laughs> which is fun because one's below 205 pounds and one's just above, so he's... he's Cutting down and then bulking up just uh, so he can be on the right side of that boundary, depending on which title match he's going. Because to be fair with him, he does look like, in terms of wrestler weight, billing him at two hundred five pounds wouldn't be crazy. So, just jumping a pound either side, uh, it, 
doesn't doesn't break the illusion. It's not like having Walter in in a, a cruiserweight title match, something stupid like that. Um, so yeah, uh, I think this will just be another way to give Jay White uh, a win. Hopefully, get him a bit more over, uh, which has been a, a a gradual process as we were mentioning earlier. Um, and as you said, yeah, he has been racking up the wins. Probably going into a title match either against. Bodum or Osprey, depending on who wins that match uh, for the Cruiserweight title later in the, the show. Maybe against uh, Sabre, uh, assuming he beats Kushida, or hell, you could even use him in a, in a tag team match. If uh, be cool to see maybe like Finley uh, pop over back back to the UK at, at some <laughs> point, team with Jay White against nice. <laughs> against CCK. I'd I'd be all for it. Um, speaking of CCK, uh, they're defending their tag titles. Uh, that they won two cockpit shows ago now, uh, and then defended against uh, Strickland and Smile on uh, a few days ago. Uh, they're defending against Callahan and Stone in what should be another really good match. Yeah, Callahan Stone team should be interesting to see. Like yeah, Callahan's been getting a lot of these sort of random tag partners recently, um, so we'll see how Stone does. I. I... I feel like this 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 match does kind of have a feel of being just thrown together, but um, in terms of you always get the feel that Stone's going to be on the show nowadays this year, um, and I think this is one of the better uses of him, definitely. Um, Crucially, this will be CCK's first York Hall show, so that they should get a really warm reception. Yeah, first from that first crowd. York Hall match they did show up to to beat down um, Sterling and Redmond. Yeah. And they got big cheers for that, so yeah. <laughs> I, I think they will be very popular. It's a shame that uh, Sterling and Redmond never really uh, caught fire. I, th- I feel like a lot of that is because they they were um, having a lot of their best matches on the on the cockpit shows at a time when no one was watching the cockpit shows. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but with CCK at the helm of the tag division now, it just feels so much more interesting, so much more invigorated. Um, uh, and we should mention that Miss CCK is Travis Banks and uh, and Chris Brooks as opposed to uh, Lycos uh, and Brooks that that are going to be in the the tag team Invitational. Um, but you know both teams are great, uh, both iterations of the team, and uh, I can see them having a really good match with uh, Callahan and Stone. Problem, maybe the it, this should be the match, um, the tag title match. Um, at, at a York Hall show that's that's had the best reaction in in at least recent memory, uh, I'd think. Uh, so from there we we kind of move on. Uh, you got Haruki Goto, uh, who's on an absolute tear at the moment by all reports, going against Zach Gibson. Um, it's really cool to see one of the guys who who don't usually get these big import matches in Zach Gibson be the one to get the the big import matches. It's a big yeah, chance yeah. to shine for him. Um, it's it's probably his biggest match ever, I would say. Um, it's especially singles, anyway. He's kind of stalled a little in progress, by 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 the looks of things. He's yeah, still but they really didn't over, pull the trigger yeah. on him winning the title. Yeah. Um, they didn't pull the trigger on him winning the title, and now he's just sort of back in sort of mid card that origin story, and now the the world of sport contract may mean that they don't they're wrapping that up. So you don't really know what's going on with Gibson, but this this match is a real chance for him to shine on his own. Yeah. Um. Progress is lost could be Refro's game because he's. It's quite it's quite amazing because he's only fairly recently joined Refro, but at this point he almost feels more of a Refro guy than a 
with a progress guy because he's more fe- featured in Rev Pro now than he, he is in progress. Yeah. Probably 2017, I would say so. Yeah. Like, it, which is crazy considering that he's been in progress for what three, four years now, and he's been in Rev Pro for a couple of months. Yeah, 2014. Um, but if you if you're talking about like. If someone says Gibson in 2017 to me, I'm thinking Rev Pro, um, and this this Gosso match could really cement that. This um, I'll be interested to see how um, how they match up chemistry wise because Gibson isn't necessarily like he's a big guy, but he's not necessarily the type of guy who goes out there and like strikes with you. And Goto definitely is that that guy. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they mesh. But I'm I'm hoping it's really good because I I'm a massive Gibson fan. Um, uh, and I, hopefully this can be a real breakout match for him because this this will have a lot of eyes on him here. Definitely, it, it'll all depend on whether Goto can understand understand Scouse. <laughs> that's that's a bit of a stretch. Not not many people can even in England. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. Um, then we've got the the cruiserweight title match, second title match on the show, uh, which is going to be unifying the interim cruiserweight champion. Uh, Josh Bowden, who who did he beat to win that? That was Ryan Smile, wasn't it? Uh, Ryan Smile. Um, and that was because Osprey was absent for a few shows. Then things got a bit weird because then Osprey started showing up again, and he was cruiserweight champion, and he was showing up in the same shows as Bowden. But they weren't having the title match. <laughs> yeah, I think they've been stalling for the York Hall. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm glad they did it here because I was I was kind of worried that they might have thrown Osprey in the Elite title match. Uh, I mean the Elite Six Man, um, and like held off on that, and that would have just been weird. But um, yeah, having the cruiserweight title match here, it's the right right time to have it. And um, definitely, Bodum and Osprey have had matches before, and they've been very good. Um, Bodum's a lot better than he was then, and. This is Bodum's chance to kind of break out from being, oh, he's that guy who's always on the Rev Pro shows because he's close with management and stuff, um, to being, oh, this is a legit, legit guy on the UK scene. And he's he's had very good matches with guys like um, uh, Ishii and Hero before, but um, this is kind of his chance to to go from a a guy who who's always booked on the Rev Pro shows, kind of out of necessity, um, because he is just a Rev Pro guy. To, to being a guy who who kind of joins the top tier of, of UK guys um, in the eyes of like international fans, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big, it's a big proving ground for him. Um, like you say, do you think he's going to win it? Um, get, get the Osprey rub, essentially? I think he should. I definitely think he should. Like, uh, Osprey, because you, you, you know, the, uh, the interim problem isn't going to go away. Um, he's never going to be available for every single show. Um, although Rev Pro, he will probably be available for for more than than other companies, given that uh, Rev Pro organizes a lot of their their schedule around New Japan's schedule. Um, but yeah. Bodum, well, he's he's gone from Progress, and he doesn't really work too many other places other than Lucha Forever, obviously, because he's part owner yeah. of it. So. And what culture and um, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I hope. They give Bowden the win here because he kind of needs it. Um, he this is his, I think it's his second run as cruiserweight champion. It might even be third. Third, third yeah. yeah. If he if, uh, if he gets the official yes, win, yes. Yeah. Uh, two two at the two proper ones and one interim at the moment. Um, and 
yet at the moment he he still doesn't quite feel like a top tier star in Rev Pro. Um, Osprey doesn't need the championship. Osprey can just parachute in uh, at any point uh, for Rev Pro nowadays, uh, and he will always be uh, in a big match, and he will it will always feel big even without a championship. Um, the title will mean more if it's with Bodum. Um, and Bodum needs the rub, and Osprey doesn't. Um, I thought yeah. it was wrong that Osprey uh, beat Dunn for the for the cruiserweight belt. I thought that Dunn was having a really good uh, run with it, and this Osprey reign, it's he hasn't really been able to do much with it because he hasn't been there a whole lot. Um, it ended up working out completely fine for Dunn, obviously. Um, but parlaying that into a, a rub for Bodum is is the right move in my eyes, anyway. Um, moving on to probably the third biggest match of the night then. Um, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Hiromu Takahashi versus Marty Skrull. Um, this should be crazy. Very, very excited to see Hiromu. Um, and of course he was on a, the very first Rev Pro show, um, back when New Japan was sort of testing the waters with Rev Pro to see if they would, you know, treat their guys seriously. So they threw Hiromu Takahashi on the show with Jushin Thunder Liger, who was main eventing that show, um, <coughs> just to see, like, you know, will they treat these guys alright? Will they treat them like proper guys? And they did, and obviously that relationship has flourished. And now he's back, and he's the ticking time bomb, and he's, like, one of the hottest acts in New Japan right now, and very, very excited for this match. This this is going to be a charisma time bomb. Like, it's ready to explode. This, this, this is going to be off the wall. Yeah, um, I'm stupidly far behind on New Japan, as long-term <laughs> listeners yeah. of Spirit Rest Roundtable will know, so I haven't, haven't actually seen um, any of his return to New Japan work yet, but I've heard it's crazy, and that he kills himself in every match. Um, he, he does attempt to kill himself every single time. Yeah, um, I've, I've seen some of his Ring of Honor work, I've seen some of his CMLL work, and that's crazy, and I've heard that his New Japan work's even better. So yes, very, very much looking forward to this one. Um, I'm kind of worried because Marty Skrull is, compared to a lot of wrestlers, a little bit small. Um, there's a good chance that uh, Takashi can completely miss him and just die, uh, which obviously I hope doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> but yes, this this should be crazy. Um, I'm looking forward to Takahashi jumping off high things into chicken wings. Um, yes. I'm interested to see who wins here because... Skrull is always kept really strong in Red It's gotta Pro, be Hiromu. It's gotta be Hiromu. But Hiromu has been, by all reports, kept crazy, crazy strong in New Japan. Like, he just beat Kushida in, like, what, two minutes, right? Two minutes, yeah. So, um, you'd imagine they wouldn't want him losing. So, maybe Takahashi wins here to set up a title match either with um, Sabre Jr. or, hell, even Bodum, because he'd, he'd work as a cruiserweight, although they probably, probably wouldn't want him losing. Someone... Probably more likely uh, Sabre Jr. And again, Skrull is crazy over. He he can take a loss. Uh, and then to what will, I imagine, be the semi-main event? It's very hard because, I like a lot of shows this upcoming in the next five days, um, there's so much talent that um, you're going to see crazy matches up and down the card. Uh, but the second of the, the elite matches that we're going to be talking about this this uh, this upcoming week... Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are going to be facing Ryan Smile, Shane Strickland, and uh, at first it was going to be Ricochet, but um, replacing Ricochet, uh, who was injured, is going to be Leo Rush. Um, 
similar to the British Strong Style match, this should be crazy. And thankfully, uh, this one is actually making VOD by by all reports. Yeah, uh, I think Leo Rush is actually an upgrade over Ricochet. Uh, he's not a better wrestler, but just seeing him for the first time will be very fun. Whereas, you know, we've seen Ricochet lots of times. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to have seen both of them, really. But, like, I rush over Ricochet this time around. And, yeah, Strickland and Smile, they didn't have a good match um, in Orlando. But they, they are an in intriguing team. And they should get on really, really well with the Elite. I mean, how could they not? And just seeing Kenny Omega live for the first time is obviously a huge draw. When they announced him, their ticket sold out, like, a few a few hours later. Um, so <laughs> people are going to be going crazy for the Elite and Omega especially. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to see guys flying all over the place here. This this has a crazy high ceiling for what it could be. Um, Smile and Strickland are going to be out to to prove a point, and Rush. Um, to be honest, um, they they're, they're going to want to show that they can hang with on the same level as as the Elite, who are you know some of the biggest stars in the industry. Um. And especially after that um, somewhat disappointing uh, match with, uh, in Orlando, they're going to want to show that they do belong uh, in RevPro at the, near the top of the cards. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to this match. Maybe the um, mm -hmm. the elite match I'm looking forward to most is this one. Definitely um, out of the matches that are they're going to be making tape anyway. Actually, I say that, I, then I look at the OTT one, it's a very similar match, might even be slightly better. Uh, so I may eat my <laughs> yeah, words later just, on. Uh, just subbing Osprey in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be crazy. Um, and then we have what's going to be a very different match, but should also be awesome. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kushida. I love it when Kushida goes super technical in his wrestling. We saw it not yeah. too long ago <laughs> in York Hall when he faced Kyle O'Reilly. That was a tremendous match. This has the makings for that the same deal as that O'Reilly match, um, which was captivating and the best match on that first Global Wars UK show. So, yeah, <laughs> this is this is very exciting. Um, and Kushida, he did lose in two minutes, but like it was very special circumstances. Like he lost at Hiromu's game doing the crazy, like high, like trying to kill yourself shit, and then it backfiring. So it wasn't really like a traditional squash loss or anything. It was just him sort of getting lured in by Hiromu, making a mistake and paying for it badly. So we have a technical match here. Like he's still legitimate. Like he hasn't lost anything in that loss. And this this could be really really good. Um, I, I've, we've said that a lot this podcast, but yeah, from like this could be that kind of technical match where people are quiet. Um, just like wanting to see exactly what's going on in the ring. Kind of like a WXW Ambition kind of thing. Um, obviously building up to bigger spots later on. But yeah, th this could be a very unique match on this card. Yeah. Um, do you think Sabre will probably work heel here? Because... Hey, he's, he's been heel for a while now. Yeah, bro, but like, say, more so... obvious heel. Because he's kind of... I, he's been working subtle heel in Red Pro for a while. Um, and now he's Suzuki. Yeah, now as that well. he's in so Suzuki Gun and he's facing Kushida, me. who will you know he'll he'll know him more from his New Japan work recently, where he's obviously a heel. Um, I think you might see like full blown Saber Junior heel here for the first time in Rev Pro. 
um, which which could be fun, um, and we'll get to see that all without a Suzuki gun running, um, which which uh, <laughs> has apparently been plaguing uh, Saber's New Japan matches recently. Yeah, no, no chance of that killing well, this match. Well, Touchwood, <laughs> you, you never know where uh, El Desperado is. Uh, he he might just be tagging along, but uh, he's hoping. He's hoping <laughs> not. Um, yeah, so overall, this this card looks amazing, top to bottom. Uh, I'm I'm seeing this one live too. Um, are you gonna be there? Yes, I am. It's gonna be a I'll treat. I'll see you there then. Um, that's. I'll see you in the Dundee Arms. <laughs> uh, uh, not entirely sure what time I'm gonna get there, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, <laughs> travel's always a bit weird on the uh, weekday weekday um repro shows because of how how late it goes. Um. Not entirely sure how I'm going to get back at the moment, but uh, we'll see. Might might end up with a, a taxi from Milton Keynes to back home, but you you guys don't care about that. Um, if if you are going to the show, go to the the Dundee Arms. It's uh, uh before the show. It's kind of a a Brit rest tradition before every York Hall show. Um, it's it's basically a pub that is entirely filled with um with uh, British wrestling Twitter Twitter personalities. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Um. Hopefully we'll see you there. Um, yeah, top to bottom, this is—I'd probably say this is one of the better York Hall shows, which is even that's a, a very high bar. Um, there's there's just five or six matches that could really, really have have ceilings as high as matches. Yeah, have even ceilings. if something's under deliver, there's going to be something backing it up. Um, and like for a new Japan fan, this is a real treat as well. Like no big, big top tier stars coming over. But like the guys they've got, well, I mean, Kenny Omega is a big top tier star now, I guess. Um, like I'm thinking Tanahashi and Okada, but yeah, Omega's that level now. Um, but the guys they've got are super intriguing. Never seen Takashi before. Never seen Goto before live. Ah, it's, it's gonna be so fun. I almost prefer it when like the the tier just below is brought over because the matches have more unpredictability, but also they can't completely. Yeah, you, you don't know who's gonna win. They can't completely rely. On just how over they are going in, um, and and I always yeah, I always yeah. get the feel that they 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 feel they have to prove themselves a little more um, than Okada who comes out there and everyone's already worshiping him and he, he goes out there and has very good <laughs> matches but um, if we're talking about the the best matches that we've seen from um, from the New Japan guys over with Red Pro it's been uh, Ishii it's been Shibata um, Kushida. Kushida yeah. Like it, it's not quite yeah, yeah, the, I know the Tanahashi's, I know the the Okadas. Um, it's always a treat to see them, of course. But uh, uh, I'm quite, I, I'm, I'm more excited to see Goto for the first time than I would be to see Okada for the third or fourth time, definitely. Right. So, so that card was happening on the the 13th of April. Um, then later on, uh, on the Sunday, I think the 16th. Yeah, that's Sunday. Um, ICW are holding one of its big four events. Um, this is going to be on uh, pay per view on the through fight. Um, Baromania three, um, one of the two live ba- Mania three shows that's uh, going to be happening in the UK this weekend. Uh, the this card looks pretty good uh, for an ICW show. Um, recently, yeah, it's kind of snuck up on me, but yeah, it, it's looking good. ICW yeah. in general in in twenty seventeen has looked a, a lot more interesting to me than. Uh, 2016, or pretty much any Definitely. any time previously. Uh, 
they've ended the fucking fifty percent share of ICW storyline, and they're focusing more on like actual personal feuds between wrestlers, and also just like good title matches, and focusing a bit more on the wrestling, in ring stuff. So, so in terms of um, the stuff we're looking forward to on this card, we've got uh, Polo Promotions versus War Machine, um, which which is interesting to see War Machine just pop up randomly on this show and not be on any of the other um, many many UK um, cards over the weekend. Might see them pop up somewhere, but uh, that's uh, kind of out of nowhere. That that should be a good match. War Machine are always fun, especially in the UK, where they they seem more over in the UK than they do in the the US, which is weird. Um, oh, that's just ring of honor. <laughs> <laughs> misusing them, isn't I it? I guess, I guess. Um, and you've got uh, Kenny Williams is uh, defending his championship in a, a zero G scramble. Um, they haven't announced any any of the people he's facing yet, but uh, I imagine they'll grab some fun high flyers for that. So that could be fun. Uh, without knowing who he's against, you uh, can't really say much more than that. Uh, then you got for the tag titles, you got the Marauders, um, what, which is Wild Boar and Mike Bird, who are a very underrated, another very underrated, kind of under-the-radar tag team, uh, who are starting to break out now. Um, and they're facing uh, off against Rampage Brown and Mini Rampage Brown in Ashton Smith. Um, <laughs> that could be another fun match. Um, they're four good brawlers there. Uh, then you've got Drew Galloway versus Jack Jester. Um, Jack a barbed wire rope match as Ooh, well. I hadn't hadn't seen one. that. Um, that sounds like the type of thing that would make me cringe and not pay attention. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Galloway and Je- Jester doesn't usually do a lot for me, but he always seems to step his game up against Galloway. Um, yeah, these two are made for each other, and this is probably Galloway's last stand in ICW. Yeah, probably. Although, who knows? Maybe NXT and ICW mm. talents will be <laughs> one and the same relatively soon, or you know, who knows how those politics are going to work? We're entering, we're entering deep, un- uncharted waters, uh, as it were. But yeah, that that should be another fun match. Uh, and then in the main event, um, Trent Seven is defending his ICW championship against Joe Kofi. Um, yeah, as there's several other matches that, that don't uh, grab my attention nearly as much, but like those five matches in general make up the core of what looks like a really strong card. It's something I'm... Yeah, it's a, it's a strong top of the card, um, like a pretty good variety. And yeah, that main event title match, um, Coffee versus Trent Seven, um, they built that up at um, over the tap rope. <laughs> I forget uh, what's it called, go. Square Go. There we go. Over the tap rope, Square Go. Um, and they they built that up straight away there. They've been building that up for the last couple of months. So that's that's definitely a match I've been looking forward to. And this mat this event sort of sneaking up on me, uh, it's sort of made me realise that yeah, that match is happening. It should be really good. What I've just noticed actually, um, Trent Seven's going to be in Scotland on the sixteenth of April. Fight Club Pro are running a show in London on the sixteenth of April. <laughs> uh, it's not 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 easy to get from one to the other. No, so... you'd think CCK winning confirmed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because he runs Fight Club Pro uh, <laughs> with his brother anyway. So I guess his brother will be taking the lead there. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I guess maybe no um, no Trent Seven on um, night three of uh, DTTI. Say that three times quickly and. 
without stuttering. Um, yeah, so yeah, ICW putting together a card I'm interested in. Uh, what 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 a year 27 is? Uh, 2017 is. <laughs> um, jumping now to the the other of the Brit Rest shows that are in Orlando that people cared about. Sorry, what culture? Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, like that was. That was a show that had zero buzz and that most people forgot was occurring. Um, but, you know. I mean, it didn't advertise it very well, so. I, I Although I heard they it. actually got a decent crowd, so what do I know? Um, but yeah, Progress uh, held their Orlando show. They refused to call it uh, Lads on Tour, which uh, annoyed me uh, to no end. Uh, Ready made title. How, how rude. Uh, they just called it Progress Orlando, which is a far, far worse name. Lads on tour should have been it, um, but yeah, I uh, I was at this this show live too, and it was another pretty good show. I thought it was worse than the Ref Pro. It didn't really blow, blow me away. How about those first forty five minutes, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, are you referring to it not streaming or? Yeah. You see <laughs> the the whole WWE live fiasco. How predictable? See, I was actually stuck. In a lift in traffic as that was happening, so I was actually very happy to to see the delayed start. <laughs> um, I thought I was going to be missed the first half hour, and I turned up fifteen minutes early, which was a, a somewhat nice surprise. Um, although unfortunate for the rest of you waiting on uh, blank screens, I, I assume. Um, but yeah, the first forty-five minutes of the show itself, once the ad started, didn't really blow me away either. It could have could have really been a referring to either. Uh, Sabre Jr. beat uh, Jimmy Havoc in the opener. That was a fine match, but is it just me, or does Sabre Jr. and Jimmy Havoc have the same match every time, and it's always them trying to go, oh, look, Havoc can do the technical stuff too. And yes, he can, yeah. to a degree, but he, it's not his strength. So whenever you're having yeah, that w- Without match, the emotion yeah. they had, like, early on in progress, they had... This similar kind of match, but with a hell of a lot more emotion behind it, and like with build up, and this was just kind of, again, like a dream match just kind of thrown out there. Um, so it didn't really land. It was okay for what yeah, it, was. it was. Like three stars, three and a quarter stars. It was fine. It, but you know, it it completely forgettable, unfortunately. Um, then we then we moved on to James Drake versus Rockstar Spud. Um, Talking about completely forgettable, I don't remember a single thing from this match. Um, I assume it's quite. <laughs> I, I do remember Spud being better than I thought he was gonna be. Like he he brought the energy. Um, like he he see he showed a lot more than in his progress debut. Let's say that. Low bar, low bar. Um, <laughs> then uh, Ginny beat Tony Storm in what I remember being a fine yet somewhat unspectacular match. Yeah, this is the match I can't really remember anything about and like I, d- I feel like Ginny didn't get her character over too much I feel like how was the arena for like knowing who she and Tony Storm were because they were probably the least well known talents on this card apart from maybe James um, Drake like it was a fairly the crowd in general seemed fairly like knowledgeable of progress um, yeah but Ginny works best when she's right up close to you and it was a massive yeah, arena, and like <laughs> it, her act just doesn't work quite quite to the same level in a, in a bigger room where you're more spread out, where you're further away. You want to be up close, no, no, having her staring daggers at you. <laughs> that is definitely when she works best. She has a, a scary stare. Um, 
Then we had the South Pacific Power Trip defeat Callahan and Strickland. I thought this was match of the match of the night, personally. Um, I, have, I have a few qualms, a few nitpicks with the way they <laughs> uh, did tag legalities and that they they did for the first half of the match and then completely ignored them for the second half. If you if you're gonna completely ignore them, then don't do them from the start because it invalidates the the logic of any heat segment. Or if you're gonna do them, then do them throughout the whole match, and you don't have to like keep on the apron, but at least always have the legal man being the one doing the pin and being pinned. But <laughs> that's uh, that's a rant. I'll uh, well, I was gonna say I'll save it, but I kind of just did it. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, like this, this was really, really, really fun. Um, match of the night. For yeah, me. this is this was what the show needed to like kick it into another gear. Um, South Pacific Power Trip of just done so well in the last couple of months when they first started they were a bit of a put together team like they knew each other from back in Oceana but <laughs> this like this is when like in the last couple of months they've really become like a real top team in Brett and in the world they're getting big buzz you know Joe Lanz has been talking about them on the flagship and singing their praises the act just works brilliantly it's a shame that it appears that they won't be able to do it for too much longer you know, WWE permitting. Um, maybe that'll be the lifeline they needed. Um, it, yeah, really stole the show here. It was either this or the main event that was probably my favourite match of the night. Callahan and Strickland made them look even better and also got themselves over. You know, them running around the ring holding hands, doing the Callahan spot was a lot of fun. I I guess I just really like that spot because <laughs> I've, I've praised them twice on that. <laughs> Emo, it looks really stupid, but I, I do enjoy you it. You love running. Uh... <laughs> I, I do like running around the ring. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, Dahlia coming out uh, with a broken leg being carried out was was a nice little pop. That yeah. they got a got a nice pop. <laughs> great, great to see her make it to Orlando after like obviously a scary injury and so close to like their big breakout. What was supposed to be their big breakout weekend, and then it almost got derailed before it began. But yeah, she made it out, and that visual of her being carried out was <laughs> almost even better than if she hadn't been. Do we have any um? update on uh whether the, like the visas of um cooper and black have they been booked anywhere post this uh in the uk they haven't been booked no they um they dropped another tuesday night jaw with them and they i saw tk cooper tweet there's a big announcement at the end but i have like that was this morning so i haven't had a chance to listen to it so <laughs> watch this space they are going to go back to uh new zealand for a little bit because uh, we've been booked there, but we'll see what happens with the WWE thing. Obviously, they were at Access. Like <laughs> the future of the Power Trip is an interesting one because they have gotten so over now, and they're like a breakout act. And obviously, the Visa thing is getting in the way. So it's it's an intriguing developing story that we don't really know too much about right now. Yeah, I heard that they um to reapply for their visa, they had to do it while residing in back in New Zealand for some reason. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't pretend to be particularly familiar with how that whole system works, but uh, hopefully it's just a, a temporary, a temporary hiatus, because um, they have been one of the highlights of progress pretty much all year now. Um, then we we moved into three, the first of three title matches that closed out the show. Uh, Matt Riddle defeated Trent Seven in a match that was good, but like it, it didn't wow me the way I was hoping it would wow me. Yeah, this disappointed me, considering like two of my favourite wrestlers were in it, and it was just alright. 
I, <laughs> I was expecting a lot more, at least just for me to enjoy it on a personal level, like liking the guys so much. Um, and it just didn't quite land on me. Like, it was... I, I say that, and I think I threw three and a half stars in it. Um, so that's far from <laughs> so a bad still, match. Like, pretty good. Yeah. But like when when you've got Matt Riddle and Trent Seven in there, the hope is the hope is that it'll be better. Um, then we had Tyler Bates successfully defending his um, WWE UK Championship against Mark Andrews. This was another match that didn't really click to the degree I was really hoping it would until yeah, right at the, the belt end. Looming over it that hurt it. Um, no one believed that Andrews would win or that Bates would like drop the title on this show. And also, I guess people are just a bit conflicted with the whole WWE UK thing. Like, the announcement of the belt got booze, and, you know, the bait British Strong Style character is totally different from the WWE UK bait character. And the whole British Strong Style gimmick is that, like, they're going to WWE and... and now like, they're there. They're saying, fuck so... progress. But now, progress are also going to WWE, so <laughs> at least buddying up with them. Um, so it kind of rings hollow. Yeah, Bate didn't seem to know what character he should be doing here. He seemed to like yeah. half be doing his British Strong Style character, and then he was like, oh, but this is a UK Championship match, so there I'm, you know, smiley, wavy Tyler Bate there. So he kind of did, like, <laughs> spent half the match doing one, half the match doing the other, and it, it didn't quite yeah, work. Yeah, it did not work at all. Um, like, again, it wasn't a bad match by any stretch. These two are too good to be have a bad match, and I really enjoyed the closing stretch, actually. Um, but the like the first half just didn't click, and it, it just felt like they're kind of doing stuff, uh, which was disappointing because this was one of my most the matches I was most excited for both on the show and probably all weekend to be honest. Um, and then we had Pete Dunne defending his uh, Progress Championship against Mark Haskins. Um, you know what I really feel this show could have done with is a title change to make it feel important. Yeah, definitely. To make it feel like more in continuity. As it was, it kind of felt just like, oh, we're we're doing a progress show in America, but it's not like a proper progress show. It doesn't get a progress title. It doesn't get any title. It just gets the, the city name thrown on it. Um, nothing's really going to ha- count. It's just kind of a, a showcase of some of the progress, progress guys. Um, I thought maybe Mark Haskins had a chance of winning. Uh, he didn't, obviously, and since then, there it looks like he's going to be pushed back into the title picture, um, because he's in a number one contenders match with Mark Andrews. Um, you'd imagine Haskins would be the one to win that, because he had his title shot in the US, whereas Andrews had it in the UK. So again, that's kind of going to make it feel like, oh, yes, Haskins did have a title shot, but like this is his proper title shot in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling that at the same way but as at the, well. At the um, same time, this was a very good match. Um, I thought they had a little bit more in them, and that the ending came a little abruptly. Um, but this this was a very good match, and I can't complain too much about it. Yeah, this match was a tier above the other two singles matches in this second half. Um like, Dunn it was the standout performer on the show, I thought. Just him swaggering around. He's got such a handle on his character right now. Channeling Daniel Bryan, chan- channeling William Regal, especially with the Regal stretch finish. Um, that was a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge um, to the WWE situation. But yeah, like, I was hyped up for a title change here. I thought they were going to do it to, like, really make this show feel significant. And like you said, not doing it here and instead 
putting it off until a super strong style where I assume that's where Haskins is going to get it. Um, a little disappointing. Yeah, yeah. That that was kind of my feel for the whole the show as a whole. It was a little disappointing. It was still a good show, but it had one of the best cards of the weekend, and it ended up being one of the worst shows. Mm. It it also got zero buzz because of the the WN Live fiasco, and obviously the the poor customer service handling of that. Um, sort of blaming the consumer for not being able to find the right place when it was clearly you know the streamers at fault for. Uh, they claimed it was a DDoS attack, but like obviously that's just. <laughs> their website not being able to handle um, the demand. It's a shame, really, because this was one that really could have had Twitter buzzing and people talking about it. And yeah, the show from both like a live perspective in Orlando and from a Viet, like from a on this side of <laughs> the world side of things, it didn't really get the buzz it could have. You're saying it wasn't Kadani uh, with a cyber attack to to really stick it to <laughs> WWE. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm saying it was Andy Quilden <laughs> hacking in. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Uh... From a remote server. <laughs> yeah, um, in terms of the, the, the three uh, UK companies that did run shows in Orlando, i definitely say RevPro came out the, you know, quote-unquote winner out of the three. Um, they got some buzz. It linked in with their ongoing storylines more. Um, the show was better, uh, and I think it, Overall, it just it won more people over than, than any other show um, in terms of the UK shows in the US. But uh, at, we've probably been harsher than, than we intended to. Um, the Progress Show was still <laughs> a good show. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed both the tag match and the main event tremendously. Um, put the tag match at four stars. Um, but... Yeah, just as like a whole show, it didn't feel like a progress chapter show, whereas the Repro show felt like a York Hall style or a cockpit style show. Um, so take that for what what you will. The Repro show had a better atmosphere live too, um, which yeah, that 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 evolved that that Flow Slam arena was it, dead all all weekend. It's like a warehouse, but like half of it is like the floor with seating, and then the other half is like a massive. Tier, set of tiered seating but it's yeah, really it really big and spaced <laughs> out and like you could be in a seat and be like so so far away from the um the action so yeah moving on to um the the final two big shows that we still have left that are happening in the next five days uh the second of the mania free shows ott is hosting its biggest ever uh show uh scrapper mania free um, on April fifteenth, that's going to be streaming live on Flow Slam. We're getting kind of kind of long at this point, so uh, so we're just going to talk about the two biggest matches or the two matches we're looking forward to the most. Um, Marty Skrull versus Jay White. That should be a really fun match. Yeah, it's, it's a bit awesome to see Jay White um in that OTT environment. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's been booked there before. He's kind of been exclusive to RevPro so far in his in his European wrestling journey. Um, so yeah, him versus girl, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a very strong matchup and probably the best singles match on that show. Perhaps an indication of uh, OTT snuggling in closer with New Japan, uh, more and more. Yeah, they've sort of fallen away from the WWE side of things, Definitely. haven't they? Uh, like get having this on Flow Slam kind of <laughs> proves that. Um, yeah, and it's the first show that's streaming live for OTT as well. Um, yeah, that. 
their previous ones last December were VOD, so it's they're getting closer and closer into bed with Slow Slam, but also New Japan, uh, which is you know an interesting dichotomy as Slow Slam now seems to be getting closer to New Japan and uh, further away from the WWE side of things, uh, which wasn't the case uh, a while ago when it was kind of like Ring of Honor, uh, Rev Pro on one side, uh, Ring of Honor, Rev Pro, New Japan on one side, and like Evolve. Um, on the, on the side of Flow Slam and that that side of things, so all oh, well, a very very interesting situation. That every time you think you've got a handle on it, it seems to to shift again. <laughs> um, oh man! And then speaking of New Japan, um, yet another big elite uh, trios match. Uh, they're facing Osprey, Smile, and Rush in uh, what I'm pretty sure will be the main event here. Um, yeah, that should be crazy. Yeah, they've subbed out Strickland for Osprey here, and obviously Smile and Osprey are the two, um, probably the two biggest stars of OTT, even though they're not Irish. But like Ryan Smile is basically native to the promotion, <laughs> um, and yeah, going up against the Elite, it's it's a real big one for OTT, um, drawing in um, the Elite. It's a very similar match to the Rev Pro one, as you mentioned earlier. Um, which might may mean it's even better than the Rev Pro one because obviously five of the guys will be familiar with each other and Osprey knows the Young Bucks and the Omega. Yeah, very I think well, Osprey's a little bit of an upgrade on Strickland as well. Like I like Strickland a lot, yeah, but Osprey's definitely. a tier above. Yeah, I, I would say so. So yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be a blowaway main event. Um, and if you have Flow Slam from um WrestleMania weekend, this is essentially a free show for you. So yeah, um, I won't echo my thoughts from the previous match um, but yeah go back listen to what I said about the Elite versus uh, Smile, Rush and Strickland and basically sub that in um, but for this match um, but as I said yeah Osprey probably even better than Strickland so that the team facing off against the Elite maybe even better um, yeah should be crazy uh, I was a little disappointed at some of the undercard for the, the Scrapamania show uh, given that it's their biggest ever show there's not a whole lot there, aside from the Skirl-White match, but uh, I think the, the Skirl-White and then the, the Trios match will be enough to, to leave a good impression. Speaking of Flow Slam, uh, Lucha Forever are also launching as a promotion in the, that are going to be on uh, Flow Slam. This is uh, Ryan Smile and Will Ospreay's promotion uh, that they're running together, um, and that are going to be running roughly monthly shows for Flow Slam that are all going to be airing live. Uh, they're also running some shows um, that are not going to be on Flow Slam. I think they're going on YouTube. They're called Lucha Live shows. Uh, but we'll be covering um, the Lucha Forever shows that go on Flow Slam because they, they, their cards are pretty crazy since, uh, that have been announced so far. And it looks like they're going to be uh, launched straight to the, the upper tier of the UK scene. Um, kind of taking uh, Flow Slam initially when they were like, oh, we want some Brit rests. Um, they went to IPW UK. Um, didn't take long for them to be in with them before they went. Yeah, we want we want another tier above these guys. <laughs> um, so that's what Lucha Forever is. That's the purpose. They this isn't actually Osprey's first time running uh, a promotion. He he also the the promotion that's closing and is kind of turning into Lucha Forever or rebranding as Lucha Forever. I think it was called. RCWA or something that ran in the the Essex area uh, and ran with a lot of um, Osprey's friends um, like uh, Scotty Essex and uh, or Scott Wainwright depending on where he's working and 
Paul Robinson and, and those type of guys. Um, but this is this is a, a far more high profile aimed promotion. Uh, but it, it's it's cool to know that Osprey isn't just jumping into this headfirst with absolutely no no experience. Um, so the first show is going to be on Monday and it's going to be airing live. Uh, and the card looks really good, although. A theme for a lot of the Lucha Forever shows is they book quite a lot of sh matches with WWE UK guys that aren't going to be able to air on Flow Slam, which I'm, I can't imagine Flow Slam's particularly happy about. Yeah, we've got Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne on this show, um, which I presume will be the like the first match on the show, kind of dark match yeah, style. Yeah, either first or last. Um, I mean, you could paint it as like a special attraction match for the live crowd, but I, I think some of these bookings were in place before the restrictions came in and before the Flow Slam deal came in. Um, so they just have to sort of grin and bear it, in a way. It is a little disappointing that you can't get the full card and obviously these big-time matches um, not popping up on the VOD, but, you know, <laughs> this, this is the world we live in now. Um, you know, Last year was when we got all the crazy dream matches free of consequence, and now... Everyone's under contract, everyone's doing this and that. And yeah, so <laughs> this is the outcome, having to do dark matches with uh, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. But uh, despite that, we've still got some really, really good stuff on this show. But if you're already subscribed to, to Flow Slam, uh, you'll be able to get both Scrappermania and this all, all uh, together. Um, so the highlights of this card, it's a qualifying match for the, the Trio's title tournament. Um, which is going to pit uh, CCK, which is Lycos edition, so Brooks and Lycos, uh, and Damian Dunn going up against uh, El Ligero, Drew Parker, and B Priestley. Um, that should be an interesting match. Um, there's... Yeah, I think the gimmick here is that all the teams are, are randomised, so hence the randomness, but also CCK together. I guess they got lucky in <laughs> the obviously real draw. Um... I hadn't actually seen anything about the randomised thing, so that's the first time finding out about it. But uh, yes, if so, throwing CCK together is very uh, very convenient. Um, <laughs> uh, then you've also got Will Ospreay versus Sammy Callahan. Um, should be very good. I I'm a big fan of both of these guys. Callahan, especially this year, I, I think he's he was far more hit and miss for like 2015, 2016. I think he's really started putting it together in 2017. Becoming far more hit than miss. Um, it's going to take a lot of guys uh, a bit of time to kind of uh, update their their viewpoint on Callahan because they, you know, they, a lot of people have seen a lot of thinkers with him. But uh, he, he's uh, he's been knocking it out of the park recently, um, and hopefully he does it again with Osprey here. Um, and then finally, what I guess will be the main event, or at least the the main event of what people see at the show, because um, of course the the Tyler Bate Pete Dunn match may go on as the first match or the last match but either way you're not going to see it on Flow Slam um, Shane Strickland versus Travis Banks uh, interesting that they're not doing like any any title tournament or anything like that they're just going yep two guys uh, in a championship match um, winner, winner gets the championship um, but yeah should be a really good match and I think either guy would be a pretty good pretty good uh, choice for, for champion yeah they, they they both fit in with what um like the branding seems to be for Lucha Forever. Obviously, Smile and um Osprey have like they're both creative guys. They've they've come up with very good ideas. They've also come up with very terrible ideas. Look at the three day <laughs> Mister and Mrs tournament, which has quietly <laughs> sort of disappeared from their schedule. Um, 
but yeah, it should be like a very creative promotion, and you could see either of these guys sort of being that figurehead for them. Um, Strickland's obviously in with both of them. Um, they all form, they all formed Team Oreo back in January <laughs> in Rev Pro. Um, and you know Travis Banks is obviously <laughs> the guy everyone wants to have as their champion uh, in 2017 Brit Um Yeah, I, I'd be happy with either guy winning. Um, and should be a really awesome way to finish their first show. Leave it on a high note. Yeah. Um, and both guys like around enough that uh, they're gonna be there for all the shows, pretty much. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, if you'd have put it on like a, an Osprey or a Skull or a Saber or something, you, if you're running monthly, there's gonna be shows where you don't have your champions there. So, um, it, it's nice to to kind of give these guys who are perhaps in just the tier below in Brit Rest, although Banks is definitely. Definitely ascending there, and you know, to to say Strickland's a part of Brit Rest is is weird, but he is he is at this point. Um, he's here as much as he's he's in the U.S. at this point. Um, yeah, it's 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 good to see, uh, and a match I'm I'm very much looking forward to. And I think with that, um, we are coming to a close in this extended episode. Uh, I come back and the episode gets super long. What a what a coincidence! <laughs> Although, well, we have had a lot to talk about to be fair. Yes, and as <laughs> Listeners can probably hear I am losing my voice rapidly, uh, and that's before I <laughs> go to... Tomorrow should be very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's before I go to two more uh, wrestling shows this week, so that'll that'll all be fun. Um, obligatory plugs, uh, voiceofwrestling.com slash Amazon, voiceofwrestling.com slash SeatGeek, voiceofwrestling.com slash Shop. If you're using those sites, it's not going to cost you a penny extra, but it's going to give us a little kickback, help us keep running the site. Um... You can find me at the R Double on Twitter. Um, follow along with my wrestling, watching, uh, and other things. Um, because who knows how long it will be before I'm on this this um, podcast again? Uh, special attraction at <laughs> this like point. You like the Undertaker? Special attraction. I might Will Osprey, <laughs> but not. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me at another Ollie on Twitter. Um, voices of Wrestling reviews, various Brit Rest reviews. Uh, we're going to have the Dream Tag Team Invitational reviewed at some point whenever the VODs go up. <laughs> um, and you can also read my F4W Euro notes in the F4W newsletter every week. Uh, and you can also find me reviewing Lucha Forever and apparently What Culture Pro Wrestling because that's become a thing uh, that somehow <laughs> I've ended up the reviewer for. Fallen it's on the, the sword. It's the only shows that I watch in full now. Why? Why? <laughs> like, why is that happening? You gotta get. You gotta find someone to delegate uh, it off to. Yes, definitely. Like, especially now that Lucha Forever's up. Like, that can be my thing. I can go. Oh no, I can't do both. There's no time to do both. Uh, need to find someone else. Um, if you would like to review uh, what the the monthly What Culture Pro Wrestling iPad views, get in touch with me. Uh, slide into those DMs. They are open. Um, I would love to hand them off to you because. They are better shows than you think, but it's it's not my type of wrestling, really. Um, although the World Cup's been okay so far. Riddle, uh, Skirl, and Osprey had a really good match. and as did, Ironically, not a World Cup match. Yeah, as did Ricochet and Galloway, which was also not a World Cup match, but both of them were on the World <laughs> Cup show. Um, yeah. Um, I guess thanks for listening. Um, and goodbye.
here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.